Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye Like none of the time Robert Covington sticks I don't care what you think How is LeBron James the king When he's ruining teams? You're wrong and here's why Underdog Sports presents You're wrong and here's why Underdog Sports presents Let's go, let's go Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Horwardell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how are you? I mean, buddy, I, if I was doing any better, I'd, I'd be a wealthy billionaire somewhere. Are you a wealthy millionaire currently? I, I'm neither. I'm neither, unfortunately. But I am doing all right, which is which is fun. I feel like there's a bit of a chasm between the, the doing all right and being a wealthy billionaire, but I'm happy you're doing well. Uh, it's a fun time in sports. Week 14 in the National Football League. Baseball. Uh, hot stove action for the winter meetings. We've got World Cup going on. We've got some weird NFL stuff, as always, going on. And uh, as I always do, I have BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We're going to take a look at all of those lines and all of that, all of that fun information uh, as we get into the show. I guess the place I would want to start, let's talk about the biggest news in our world of late Gregory, of the Philadelphia sports fandom. The Phillies come to a gigantic contract, 11 years, $300 million, with probably the second best free agent available this offseason, shortstop Trey Turner. How are you feeling about it? I mean, how could you not be excited about it? It shows that this team, you know, despite getting to the World Series in, I don't want to say a fluky way, but... But in a fluky way. In a fluky way, wants to shore up positions that they needed help with. And, like, if you don't, if you can't take this type of move with a giant vote of confidence, then you're just, uh, you you are the Negadelphia, the, the, mis- the, the miserable fan. Um, I don't see any real downside to it. Maybe the length, but other than that, I'm, I'm fine with it. Well, the length is the cost of doing business at yeah, this exactly. point. And at the end of the day, like, who cares if you're talking about, um, yeah, $27 million AAV over the course of the contract, it's, it's always going to be, you know, it's not $150,000 on the payroll, but 10 years from now, the salary cap is going to be so much higher. It's going to be so much less significant. And you know you're getting you're getting the value now. This is where the window is open. They needed something to help pacify the offense until the return of Bryce Harper, probably midseason from from the the TJ surgery. And this is as exciting as it could get. Um, for if, no reason other than we don't. I don't ever have to watch Kyle Schwarber bat lead off again. It's a thing that never made sense to me. Never look. I lo- it, it's fun every once in a while to start a game one nothing, right? Oh, it's the best. But he's just Schwarbs is not a leadoff hitter. How about a couple of those home runs the next year? There's actually somebody on base. You can push Schwarber to two or five. It's it's a good one. I mean, probably probably two or three until Bryce is back. But it's a really really good situation to have a table setter like Trey Turner at the top of the lineup. Oh, a thousand percent, dude. I mean, I will say, uh, shout out uh, Kyle Schwarber, because the opening day leadoff home run in the bottom of the first inning was 
one of the craziest things I've ever been a part of in terms of just the excitement in a stadium. And we saw how that carried over throughout the season and into the postseason. Um, but yes, being able to maximize uh, those early game home runs with someone on base in front of you, I mean, that's that pays for itself, you know? The dude hit 46 home runs last year and did not crack 100 RBIs. That's yeah. just wrong. We, we, we need to set the table, as you said, just a tiny bit. I mean, I couldn't be I couldn't be happier with that. And I just sure up some starting pitching and, you know, we move along. I also like the fact that we, you know, parted ways with a guy like Zach Eflin and, and kind of maneuvered away from, from some of that. I don't know who's replacing him. But yeah, it, I don't, do you think they parted ways with Eflin more or that Eflin got a bigger than expected contract from Tampa Bay? I mean, three years, 40 million. Obviously, the Phillies weren't going to match that. No, I, I think that's I think that's a part of it. I mean, the, the Phillies, I think, did accept the 15 million dollar one year, whatever that deal was that he turned down. So, the QO. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I get it. I get why he would turn that down with the other other money on the table. Why wouldn't you? But yeah, uh, especially for a guy like that with a potentially degenerative condition. Yeah, get that cash while you can. Get get it while you can. Listen, I'll take I'll take a uh, I'll take what we're doing right now and be very very positive about it, which is not typically my attitude. So I'll I'll, I'll no. enjoy this. I want to stay on Schwab's for a second here. Did did you feel like? there was a little bit of him selling out to try and hit home runs this year because I mean, he has the 200 strikeouts is almost is almost 50 more than he's ever had. It's almost 25% more than he's ever had in a season before. I'm almost 33% more than he's ever had in a season before the average really his lowest for quite a while. The OBP was, on the lower side and only 323. Not exactly a traditional leadoff hitter. He's not looking to hit for contact. He's uh no. he's trying to ballpark it, which hey, I mean it is what it is. Two outcome uh two outcome hitter here. It's home run or strikeout. Isn't that baseball? I mean, like nearly he had 126 hits and 46 of them were home runs. So it's like 40%, to 35%. That's a bananas number. That's uh that's Adam Dunn kind of numbers. Adam Dunn played in the major leagues for a very long time. Who am I who's who's the king of this? Joey Gallo type numbers. Yeah, yeah. That, listen. I, I it's hard for me to hate on Schwarber for anything. I, I don't, I don't hate on Schwarber for the record. I, I do <laughs> no hating on Schwarber. Love the guy. I just think that there's a more efficient version of Schwarber to be found. Well, yeah, it's a guy who doesn't try to swing as hard as he can every time he gets up to the plate. But I don't know. In today's baseball, that's uh, the, the the goal is to hit a home run every time you go up there. Unfortunately, so I think I think it's a mix of both. It's one, he's trying to do that every time, and two, that's what the analytics in the game tells you to do now. So, I think that that it sort of hurts uh, sometimes more than it helps in these situations. So, last year combined averages, or the last two years combined averages, twenty twenty two, Schwarber has basically six hundred and sixty nine plate appearances, hits forty six home runs, and for a two eighteen batting average, twenty twenty one. He has almost 200 at-bats less. He's at 471. There's obviously some injuries there. 
32 home runs and a 266 batting average, uh, along with a 374 OBP. I would really like to see uh, a Kyle Schwarber that wants to hit 35 home runs next year and gives you a 360 OBP in like the three or four or in the three or five hole. I'd be down with that. I'd be down with that 100. percent If uh, I mean, Castellanos could also hit the ball once in a while, that'd be that'd be fun. Just be a contributing member to the lineup, one that doesn't feel like you're an automatic out every time you come up to the plate, which is what it felt like for very long stretches for Nick and year one, but. I think there's a bounce back in there. I do. There has to be because, I mean, 263 is about as bad as he's ever been aside from that COVID year. The guy is a 276 lifetime hitter, career worsts almost across the table here, showed no power. It just, yeah, you have to think the guy's going to bounce back. I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be a 300. Hitter, I don't think we're going to get 2021 Castellanos, where he hit 310 and um, and put up a 362 OBP. But like 285 is seems fun. You get 285 and 340 out of the six hole. That'd this be offense awesome. could be fun. I mean, it was already fun. This offense could be even funner, more fun. How does that work? I don't know. One, one of those two things is grammatically correct, but yes, you are correct. I, think, I believe it's more fun. It's definitely not funner. We can roll that out immediately. <laughs> well, I'll take your word for it in that in that sense. Then, um, but no, man, it's if you, if you can get any sort of production out of a guy who gave you mediocre to well well under par of what you're used to seeing, and the reason why you gave him millions and millions of dollars, like that, I just you'd be it'd be great. It'd be absolutely fantastic. I know you're a big advanced stats guy. Oh, huge. And uh, Nick in 2021 and Cincy was a, a 3.2 war, which for those who don't know, it basically means his presence alone is worth 3.2 wins above the an average replacement player. And in Philadelphia this past year, he was a negative 0.1. So not quite as good as the average replacement player. Yeah, but does war take into account all those sick catches he had in the playoffs? Uh, yeah, actually, it does take defense mm. into effect. <laughs> I don't think so. Somebody quote me as DVOA, and I'll uh, I'll be ready to go. I'm sure we can find his DVOA here. Is that a baseball uh, stat, or is that a basketball stat? I literally have no idea. There's so many acronyms with these advanced statistics that it's, there's a, multiple times I don't even know the sport we're referring to. So, well, okay, where's what's where's his D war? I think the D war is effectively the equivalent of the DVOA and his DVO his, his D war in 2022, by the way, in just crazy. They are talking about this uh, <laughs> neg- negative 1.4. All right. So not great. Uh, no, I mean, no, universally considered terrible. Yeah. So uh, something he can improve on. Listen, yes. it's, it's maybe, uh, listen, maybe buy a new house, get out of that Ben Simmons house. It's, maybe that's what you do. I don't know. The, the only vibe. thing Simmons was really doing was playing defense when he was in that house. Right. But I mean, like offensively, maybe do something, literally do anything. I don't know. It, 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 change up the mojo. I know they burned some sage uh, at one point. That was that was a thing that he did. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Well, there is value to be had here because uh, I don't think we've seen some of the books quite catch up with some of these signings. 
And Bavada still has the Phillies at plus 1,200, which is where they began the postseason. The pre- yeah. It feels, so. it feels uh, almost too low because of the way they made the World Series last year. Like, mm-hmm. this was a third-place team in their division. Now their division has changed and could be changing even more as the days go on. You know, In, in, in off- fairness, both of those teams do have better odds to win the World Series than them. All right. Well, I'll give you that. The Mets um, and the Braves are both plus 900. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. It stinks being in a really good division. I like. I prefer to be in bad divisions. Being in a bad sure. division is, is exactly where you want to be. Uh, you know, that's that that's that's how you drop championships. Bad division. Ask the nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and five Eagles how that felt. Like being in a bad division pays off. So figure that out, NL East. Um, I'll ask them. Uh, but no, for for like, I feel like I almost want to wait because there is a very real chance this team starts off slow without Bryce in the lineup. Now, obviously. Adding Turner certainly helps, and manufacturing runs can be a real thing with him. Uh, whether he's leading off, batting second, whatever the the whatever they're going to do with him, mm-hmm. but I feel like this is a team that could start a little bit slower, kind of like they did this year, and you can maximize that in season as those odds change. Not that I wouldn't sprinkle a tiny bit just to be safe, but you know, I, I, I think I think there's some good opportunity there. Uh, you have to hope that the pitching staff is going to be able to carry them. I, I would assume that there's one starter who uh, is not on the roster right now that will be in the opening day lineup for Philadelphia. You know, they've, they've been tied to some of these big names. That's, that's going to be difficult unless they go the trade route. And I don't know that that's going to make a ton of sense. You get Andrew Painter potentially making the team out of spring training. You get the, uh, the ascension of Ranger Suarez. You still need one, though. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the rotation shakes out. Listen, as long as it's not Matt Moore or whatever that mm. – remember that season? Good times. Uh, yeah, as long as it's not him, I'm, I think I'm okay with whatever they, uh, they choose to do. So, I wanted to hit on, on a couple of these other signings. And by the way, we talked about Eflin going to the Rays already. That three years, $40 million, Biggest deal in franchise uh, history. That's an insane number to think about because they've been around since what, 1997, something like yeah, that? Yeah. Biggest deal in franchise history. That's, that's wild. 13 million a season. And yet they've played in two World Series. Like it, it proves if you know how to, if you know how to find talent and you can maximize it, like you can be successful. It's not always about overspending. I hate that I'm saying this as the Phillies are literally overspending. Not overspending, but opening up the coffers. With Eflin there, do you feel good about the Rays at plus 2,500 to win the, the, the series at Bavada? Uh, no, I still don't because <laughs> I still think they play in a very, a very tough division. I think, you know, I was very big on the Red Sox going into last year, and they were terrible. So mm-hmm. um, I can't imagine they'll stay terrible. They're the Red Sox, or modern-day Red Sox, where they seem to go through these lulls and, and – you know, they'll have a season off and then all of a sudden they're back and it's like, oh, remember these guys? Remember how annoying it is to listen to these guys? Uh, well, now they're back. Um, so I have a feeling that could certainly be a thing that happens. Um, the Yankees are still going to be the Yankees and the Blue Jays just keep trying to add and get better. So like that, that is a, 
And and the, let's be fair, the Orioles had a very good middle part of the season that got them back into contention, and then yeah. they decided to sell anyway. And a guy who came in second place in Rookie of the Year in Adley Rutschman. So, like, they they are – I mean, that that is a – you want to talk about a, a – you know, to use a soccer term from, like, a World Cup, et cetera, a group of death. That is a division of death uh, for any of those fan bases. You know, one bad month and you're out of it. Speaking of trying to spend to win, when uh, – when talking about Turner, we have to mention that the Padres offered $41 million more than the Phillies did. Now, obviously, it's not a real number at the end of the day because of the tax discrepancies between California and Pennsylvania. But, man, that Padres team, it, it's going to be fascinating to see if they end up with, with Bogertz or or Swanson or Correa at this point. Then what do they do with uh, – I mean, I know Tatis is suspended for a large portion of the season, but, like, what do they do when he gets back, or is he a guy who could potentially find himself out of out of a job in San Diego? No. Here's the thing. If you can play shortstop and you you bring offense to the table, you can play any position on the field. All right. Uh, you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. You need to find a corner outfield spot for him. Let him get comfortable. You put you put that guy anywhere, and like I'm not concerned about that. If you have that type of offense and you can actually play the shortstop position, you're gonna be fine. Not a big deal, and uh, they're they're certainly compensating him well. Um, what else? Matt Boyd went back to the Tigers. There was a time where that would be interesting, but it's uh, it's not this year. Colton Wong gets traded to the Mariners again, time and a place, but it's not now. Shelby Miller to the Dodgers. Chris Martin to the Red Sox. How about this one, Gregory? Leaving the New York Mets, though they will find a replacement in just a moment. Jacob deGrom goes to the Rangers. Five years, $185 million. Sad scene for Mets fans. Very sad. Well, uh, it'll get better. And maybe. Maybe it does. <laughs> maybe it doesn't. Um, you know, banking on 40-plus-year-old uh, pitchers not always the uh, the best move, but we'll see. Yeah, but versus the Grom's injury history, you really sort of uh, you you lessen that risk. Oh, you're definitely not wrong. Shorter contract, shorter shorter you know potential uh, shorter you know shorter potential to have to owe a ton of money to somebody uh, who's not actually pitching games for you. So I I fully get that. What's this do for the Rangers? I mean, I don't know if it makes the Rangers any more relevant than they were before. Like, Agreed. I know, I know they have who Seager. They have uh, what the heck's the other guy's name that they signed? Um, Simeon, Marcus Simeon, is that his name? I think so. Um, but like, they, they, it's a struggle for them. It's a struggle for the Rangers to be competitive in their own division, and like. Yeah. You know, you have the team that just won the World Series that has been to like four World Series in the last seven years or three World Series in the last six years, something like that. Uh, you have the Mariners who made the playoffs for the first time in 20 plus years who have a clear budding superstar in Julio Rodriguez. Like it's there is there. They, it's as great as DeGrom is. If he doesn't stay healthy, it's you're back to just being the middle of the road Rangers where you've right. been forever. So. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, another former Philly gets a new contract. Kyle Gibson goes to Baltimore. Oh no! Not a, not a huge loss. 
Uh, Carlos Estevez signs a two-year deal with the Angels. Clayton Kershaw officially signs a one-year $20 million deal to stay with the Dodgers. And then there's Justin Verlander, who signs a two-year deal with a vesting option for a third year, and it's worth $43.3 million annually with the Mets. Listen, man, get paid if you're Verlander. I get it. I'd take that cash, too. And he still, I mean, obviously won the Cy Young for the AL last year. So Yeah. But as we mentioned, when that happened, he was coming off of two years of essentially not pitching, right? So now you have a full workload. You went to the postseason, which literally meant you pitched as long as you possibly could uh, Mm -hmm. for an entire season at the age of, you know, what is he, 39? 39. So, you know, is is it worth the risk if you have the, the money to do it? Sure, absolutely. Will it pay off? We'll see. Uh, Phillies yeah. get turned. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say that team. That team couldn't get out of the first round of the playoffs with Scherzer and Degrom. Does that like is Scherzer Verlander that much better? Like, is it that much different? I don't I mean, know. Last year it certainly would have been. Well, last year, yes, but we're talking now where everybody's a year older, and you know, let, let's let's not take everything away from Justin Verlander. Max Scherzer, as the season wore on. Didn't exactly wasn't exactly lighting up the uh, the pitch counts. His postseason appearance yeah. wasn't great, and I mean part of that you run down, you're injured. It's a long season. Like you're relying on guys in their late thirties to be your workhorses throughout the year, and then also the postseason. Not always the most winning formula. Right. Well, Mets plus nine hundred at Bavada, like I said, tied with the Braves. So the books are excited about the moves that were made. Um, so I mentioned Turner to the Phillies. We talked about that. Uh, Josh Bell goes to the Guardians. Last year's NL Silver Slugger designated hitter. Two years, $33 million, a little more power in that lineup. Andrew Heaney goes to the Rangers. And uh, the most recent signing we have, Cody Bellinger finds a landing. The Chicago Cubs, one year, $17.5 million. I saw that as I was walking into to swim lessons tonight. Uh, for myself, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, How'd you do? Uh, great. I have to work on my backstroke a tiny bit, but overall, okay. not too bad. Uh, but no, like it is. It's nice to see the Cubs doing something that isn't just trading away or letting franchise players walk. And like I know <laughs> Bellinger struggled like let the last two seasons, or at least definitely last year. Um, but I I can't imagine taking a swing on a guy like that is is a bad idea or something that you don't want to see as a Cubs fan. For sure. No, it, it that that offensive profile is going to fit in that ballpark very very nicely. And it's always just better when it's always just better when the classic when classic like teams in in leagues like let's like the Cubs for example, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, when those teams are good or at least trying to be good, it's better for the entire league. It's just there's more notoriety. People that, you know, sports stations, media, everything talk about those teams more because they're in major markets, et cetera. So when you have a team that is actually trying to potentially win baseball games, in this case, that would be the Cubs, it just it it's better for everyone. What's your guess in terms of what happens with Aaron Judge? I think he ends up going back to the Yankees, but I'll, I'll be interested. I, I'm certainly intrigued by the fact that the report that came out today of the offer from San Fran. Yeah, a lot of smoke with the Giants right now. I, didn't somebody report that he actually already signed with them? 
That I have not seen. I think somebody messed up on Twitter and was like, uh, was like, up oh, judge agrees to the Giants. And the Giants were like, nah, dude, we haven't even talked to that guy other than sending him a piece of paper. <laughs> the Giants were like, legally binding tweet. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hopped right on it. Like, oh, you know what? Actually, we do need this guy. He's he is on our team. He did say yes. Yeah, um, no, he said he totally said yes. And yeah. he would be he would be a liar if he backed out of that now. <laughs> uh yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if he goes there. The issue is is that ballpark is so much different than the Yankee Stadium. It's so much bigger. Yeah, it's, it's not a little league ballpark. Yeah. So I don't know if you're judge if that's if that's the play. Like I just But don't. here's the thing. After this contract doesn't matter. That's true. You're not wrong because he is on the older side of everything. So maybe it is take the cash and just go Chris Bryant to Colorado, like that kind of move. Yeah, I mean, even past that, Aaron Judge is 30. Trey Turner's got an 11 year deal. I would assume Aaron Judge is signing at least a 10 year deal. And so we're probably looking at 350 million. Ooh. It's good if you can get it, buddy. It's good if you can get it. I actually turned down 340 million from the Giants because I, I want I wanted them to the judge thing to work out for them. Trying to get out of California too. I understand that. I'd love to get back back there. Yeah, <laughs> love to love to make that work. Um, World Cup still going on. Yeah, it is. What is? Uh, give me your updated take on what's been going on with the World Cup. What's interesting? What's surprising? Update us all. Well, tomorrow we finally get a day, like a couple days off from soccer after we've had it every day for several weeks in a in a row. You know what I mean? Um, we're down to the final eight, which is crazy. Like it feels like the, it does feel like the World Cup did just start simply because the games are just going constantly, right? Um, interesting. Like I think the thing I was sitting here this today as I was working and I had like the pregame stuff on and didn't even realize that Ronaldo just like didn't play today for. Yeah. I saw that. Just kind of chilling. Yeah. And I don't know. There's something weird going on there. Uh, I do think, I mean, obviously the, the true hope would be that Argentina versus Portugal in the final Messi Ronaldo, one final showdown, the winner gets their first and, and probably only world cup. Um, that would be sick. I, I'd be I'd be cool with that. Um, I don't know if that's going to necessarily happen, but we have some bangers of matchups like Netherlands Argentina. That should be fun. Uh, Netherlands dispatching the U.S. with with relative ease. If if we're being perfectly honest here, as as uh, you know, as uh, uh, Homerish as I could possibly be, um, the Netherlands just they, they were the better team and played significantly better than the U.S. did. Like that's just there's nothing else you can say really about it. Um, Brazil just looks like they're going to dominate. Like they. They like toyed around with South Korea for a majority of that game. They scored a bunch of goals early, and just now they have Croatia, who went to PKs. They're so. literally trying to eliminate me from this stupid competition. Oh, I've been out big. I didn't even. I didn't even have anybody make the group stage or the, <laughs> like, the knockout stage. Brazil destroyed South Korea, as I we didn't didn't have a ton of hope for South Korea, but now they're up against Croatia. My guy Luka Modric. Uh, by the way, Croatia thirty plus thirty five hundred provided to win the World Cup. If you wanna you wanna get some money, tied with Morocco for last place, the the lowest odds to win. What? I suppose it's the the biggest odds to win. But I mean, Morocco pulled off a stunner today, though, dude. 
I mean, a stunner, not allowing any goals in regulation or the allotted 30 minutes of overtime. Then you end up winning and beating Spain in PKs. Spain was like a top three or top four favorite going into the World Cup to win it all. Yeah. Like, like that's that's crazy to me. Like, I, I, I didn't envision Morocco winning that game. Uh, but the fact that they did and they did it in PKs in like style, like it's not like uh, it came down to one kick and and Spain just missed it. It was save after save after save from their yeah. from the Moroccan goalie. It was nuts. Plus, by the way, my golden ball winner, my lock of the century, Jude, my guy Jude Bellingham, still available and still playing and still plus twenty two hundred at Pavada to win the golden ball. Absolutely, my guy. Absolutely tough matchup coming up uh, on the on you know Saturday. I think it is. I think Jude's it's, not going to back down from that. It's going to be a tough one, though. France, He's not like Declan Rice. <laughs> France is. France is the defending champion, and they are pretty good. I watched literally that entire match with Poland, and uh, yeah, man, they have to. All right, if if England wants to learn anything from the Poland France game, mm-hmm. they shouldn't run the leave Kylian Mbappe wide open play. Yeah, that guy's Don't pretty good. Do that. Yeah, um, the man has. I think he passed Pele for most goals before you turned 24 in the World Cup with eight. Yep. And then he added another one. Um, Who's this Pele that? guy? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, he is. He's unbelievable. And uh, if England has any chance, they have to figure out how to contain him. Uh, and then, you know, then you just run into Olivier Giroud, uh, who, you know, all-time leading scorer for international goals for France. Uh, you know, just that, just that guy on the other side. It's just, France has a has a unbelievably stacked roster. By the way, speaking of Pele, uh, things were a little dicey health wise yesterday, but it seems like he's in stable condition and getting better in the hospital. I, it uh, was looking very much like it could be the end for him, but uh, doing good, getting better. I haven't seen much on that, so I'll I'll, I'll let you, you know, uh, I'll let Read you comment Google? on it. Yeah, <laughs> you can be my you can be my Google news source for it. Hey, it does gradually improving. There we go. Doctors say. Uh, yeah, happy about that. Yeah, very. Oh, so who's your pick? Pick it I right think, now. I think with the eight left, Morocco. No, nah, I, I don't think so. I think I, I think it's Argentina. I think they slow started this cup. Is you know, Luis they, Scola playing for them? I don't think so. Uh, I'll have to check the full roster. Uh, I don't know if he made the twenty six man uh, man uh, lineup, but okay. uh, I just think that they they sort of slowly worked their way into this. I had the historic loss to Saudi Arabia uh, to start the World Cup, and then proceeded to really kind of turn it on as everything as everything has moved forward. Beat the Netherlands. You'll get either Croatia, the 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 runner up from the twenty eighteen World Cup, or you get Brazil, who looks like a juggernaut. But it's it there's just it's something about this messy Argentina team. I have I had just have this weird feeling that he's going to will them into uh into the at least the final. Um, you know, and this time potentially get it done. Look, Greg, uh, this this whole World Cup thing is uh, it's fine. It's you know. It is what it is. It is, uh, I suppose, it's a pretty big, uh, 
pretty big event. But I think the soccer match we're all looking forward to is coming up on the 10th. That's Eastley versus Wrexham. Ooh. And uh, by the way, Wrexham one point down from being the top of the table had an unfortunate draw uh, this past week. Lost a point in Knotts County. Jumped them forty-eight to forty-seven, I believe, in the, the the points right now. And I want this on the card, Greg. I want this on the card. I've got uh, I've got Wrexham minus one, minus one hundred overall, and uh, Wrexham minus. 0.5 minus 135 in the first half. So we'll do we'll do Chris. Uh, so it's Rex. What's the other team's name? Eastley. Eastley, yeah, L E I G H. Eastley minus one even odds. And what was no the minus one, minus one minus one ten. Uh, minus one ten. Sorry. No, even, I'm, I'm going to be fair on, here. Even on this show, I I can't hear the odds correctly. Uh, <laughs> and then you said first half. First half is minus minus point five at minus one thirty five. All right. And you know what? I'm gonna take I'm gonna take money line overall to minus one seventy six. Is that so is that for is that game tomorrow? It's on the tenth. Okay, sorry. I all right. Max As I, as I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation. I knew you did. Um, <laughs> Eastly and you said the money line, which was minus minus one seventy six. One seventy six. All right, we're in there, buddy. We're in there. See, I mean, I had an, I had a terrible week, flat out. Too, too many picks with the heart when it came to the World Cup. Uh, so I don't envision me still being in the positive for the season. So we, you know, I, I might be discussing this with the newly minted first place, uh, Christopher. That that's how this is going to go. So oh, I was going to make another pick. So maybe I don't want to do that now. <laughs> These exact scores are fun. Oh, they pay big too. That's that's a thing. Yeah, Very hard to come by, though. I know, but I feel like soccer's easier because there's only so many outcomes. <sighs> soccer's easier, Greg. Soccer's easier. That's a loss. Correct score loss. I don't understand that. Uh, and because of me not quite understanding that, I'm going to move on. Let's talk about the National Football League, Gregory. Interesting. Real quick, real quick before you yes. jump into that, I see. Tell him. I don't know who this guy is. So let me before I say anything. That's Mark. That's Mark. Uh, it's a guy on Twitter, Robert Murray. Um, all right, and enough followers that I'd be. The, the The Phillies are apparently very close to a deal for uh, Taiwan Walker from the Mets. So. Uh, I, I assumed that was going to be the level of of starter they were going to go for. Fine. Uh, I saw uh, there was another picture who they were just tied to, and I can't come up with who the the name is. Look, Walk. I mean, Walker's a gamble, right? He was very good last year, but he's been an inconsistent guy. Though the whip's always been pretty low, so I would think, man, what do you what do you get Walker for? Like uh, coming off one of the better seasons of his career, twelve and five. I don't know what he's going to cost. Is it that ashtray money? Literal Ashton ashtray money. That's what I'm going to say. Eflin. I don't see anything in MLB trade rumors. Um, Eflin signed three years, 30 million. Walker substantially better. Oh, God. And he's only going into his age 30 season. Career 3.89 ERA. 
career 1.22 whip. Yeah, I mean, as good as you can possibly do for a number three starter if you can make it work, but I feel like this is a $20 million player. I'm in. I'm in, Chris. Sign me up, buddy. Let's let's see if Google has absolutely anything at all uh, on Walker, who, who the Mets didn't QO, so there's no uh, draft pick compensation, which is interesting. Uh, the Inky says, oh, Jameson Talion was the, the name I was thinking. Ah, okay. And, uh, the Inky says the Phillies were looking at, uh, at Jameson, Taiwan Walker and Jose Quintana. Honestly, those, I'll take I'll fine with Walker's any my guy. No, Walk, yeah. Walker's hundred percent my guy of that group. Ah, I'm, I'm in. Let's, let's go, buddy. Let's make all the deals. Get that, get the, get a, get the, I said Ashton, I meant Middleton. Get the Middleton money out there, buddy. Let's go. Yeah, I wasn't super sure what you were talking about, but, but maybe, I, maybe <laughs> I was, th- maybe I was thinking about Lisa Ashton, who will be uh, in the World Darts Championship that starts in just nine days. Chris, be weird if you were, um, but <laughs> you probably were. Talion did have a very good year for the uh, for the Yankees last year, better than I thought. Fourteen to five, three point nine one ERA, one point one two WHIP. Uh, so I. I'm on board with him as well. Basically just turned 31 years old, play pitch all year as a 31 year old, but uh, I got to look at what, Oh my, Quintana actually had a great deal year too. In my head, he had a bad year last year, but I guess that was completely fictional. Uh, and I'm thinking more of that time in San Francisco and that 2021 season was kind of a mess for him, but yeah, no, I am. Uh, I'm very okay with any of these players. Quintana annoyed me when he pitched against the Phillies towards the end of the yeah. season. Yeah, so it's perfect. The oldest of all of the pitchers, he'll uh, he'll be 34 at the start of next season. But well, I don't know if I like that, so I'm fine with this. Yeah, but I mean, I, it's very unlikely that there will be a 10 year deal for for Quintana. So, yeah. Yeah, I uh, baseball is weird. Any of them would be an outstanding number three starter. Then you have you have Ranger as the four and Andrew Painter as the five. That's it's a good staff. You assume Griff McGarry probably gets to the majors at some point in the bullpen. That lets uh, Mick Abel pitch the whole season in Triple A and continue to work on the secondary pitches. It's a good situation, and you would not have to get well. Especially Walker doesn't even cost cost you a draft pick. I don't believe. No, that's great. Let's go. I'm yeah, down. I would say Walker's my choice. I'm in. I'm I'm down. I'm right there with you with your choice. How's that sound? Still need to do something in the bullpen though. Oh yeah, well that's that's an always problem. That's that's never not an issue. Uh, Got to do something in the during bullpen. Uh, let me tell you about a team that did a little something in their quarterback room today, Gregory. The Los Angeles Rams were awarded quarterback Baker Mayfield. <laughs> off of waivers. And I mean, this is a move that makes sense for the Rams for a lot of reasons. One, uh, they don't let him go to San Francisco, which is where I, I assume everybody sort of just uh, connected those dots. Yeah. But for the Rams, I mean, they're going to start Bryce Perkins for the rest of the season. Honestly, like history has not been kind to older quarterbacks who are just like big armed guys with, who suffer major elbow injuries. 
really? So <laughs> I don't know. I know. Right. Weird. Right. I don't know if like, I don't know that you can count on Matt Stafford to ever be Matt Stafford again. They have zero draft picks. Like I said, no incentive to tank. <laughs> and it's funny. I think McVeigh was asked if, uh, if Baker could play this week and he's like, yeah, we, we got him. We got him the, <laughs> they got him the playbook already. It's possible. Well, <laughs> and they play, they play on Thursday night for the record. Yeah, that's probably, you know what? You're probably rushing it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it, it's, is it still better than Bryce Perkins? <sighs> Did you see Baker's last couple games with the Panthers? I saw a bit a lot Baker ever <laughs> since he, so the whole Baker thing is fascinating, and it's also very butterfly effecty. Because, and I've said this a million times, but you know, I watched every game Baker Mayfield played. As I am in a relationship with a Browns fan, well, a, I, I don't know how she would identify herself at this point with this Browns regime, but a former Browns fan, and it's funny because that game that Baker Mayfield had last year against Kansas City was probably the best game he played as a pro. Didn't put up big touchdown numbers, but the ball placement was amazing. He looked good. He was confident. Next game, playing pretty well. Uh, Anthony Schwartz runs the wrong route. Baker throws an interception because Schwartz runs short. Goes for the tackle, messes up his shoulder, and what happened next would utterly destroy Baker Mayfield mentally. And the guy is an absolute mental disaster right now. So it's a decent gamble. I don't know that. Well, it's funny because like LA is obviously a big market, but it, it's not a market that has ultra aggressive football fans. Right. So that could work out. It's a good gamble. I mean, I don't, it's, it's going to, it puts the Rams in a weird position long-term because Matt Stafford is making a lot of money for four more years, I think. So even if Baker Mayfield does play well, retaining him is going to be difficult. Uh, yeah, for sure. I don't know how you fit that in salary wise or playing wise, but I mean, why that $1.3 million for the remainder of the season to take a look. Why the hell not? Yeah. At least take a flyer on a guy. The, the interest, I mean, honestly, with from the, on the Stafford thing, Time I hear spinal cord contusion. Yeah, I, sp- I didn't imagine the spinal injury. Um, that that's usually where my concern begins. Um, and I know it's it. So Stafford obviously always gets the the Iron Man praise. You know, play mm. through this and that and all that fun stuff. But uh, being that guy eventually catches up to you. It, For it's sure, just how it works. Unfortunately, um, which is why. Like uh, there was this piece on Andrew Luck uh, on, uh, on on ESPN, ESPN. Is outstanding. Yeah. It was it was really interesting to kind of get into the mindset and under like the the not wanting to have to rehab and rebuild yourself the like mm-hmm. again and again and again because all you do is get hurt. Like very very interesting to see that side of because that's the side as the fan you you don't see Play, right yeah and. So that that the the Stafford thing really makes me kind of wonder. He's an older guy. He's got the ring that he came for to L.A. Does he hang it up after this kind nope. of? No, nope. And let me uh, 
let me tell you why. Andrew Luck it was in a position, but Matt Stafford is owed about $120 million. Nope. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Matt nope. Matt Stafford is owed $160 million. Uh all right, never mind. Not going anywhere, buddy. Okay. Yeah. He will be a free agent in 2027. All right, so the Rams are uh, in a tough spot. In a tough spot. Oh, man. It would be a $50 million dead cap hit to move on from in this offseason, 36 the following offseason, 24 the following offseason. This this dead cap thing is a real problem for NFL teams, huh? That's, uh, you know, and yet uh, it is. I mean, it's a, you say it's a problem for NFL teams, but like it shouldn't even be something we're talking about. Because it's crazy, football contracts aren't fully guaranteed. A hundred percent insane. If like, let's let's be fair. It's absolutely insane that they're not. Like in like, in basketball, if, if the Sixers were to sign Alize Johnson to the active roster tomorrow, they owe him that money. That's just it. You cut him, but you owe him the money. And yeah. he he's just that's just going to be to sit on the bench for for a week. This guy is putting his, and with Locke too, as you said, putting their bodies through the ringer. And they're like, yeah, we can cut you for pretty cheap if we get to this season. It's absolutely insane, dude. It's insane. I, I don't, I'll never understand how literally the most violent of sports that we have to offer doesn't have yeah. guaranteed contracts. Like, and maybe that's part of the reason because guys can be so you know, not replaceable because that's not really what I mean, but like it's, it's a situation. Yeah, there it is. Fragile. That, that makes sense. Um, that that's why it's not that way, but boy, should it be? Yeah. $20 million cap hit for Stafford in 23. Then it's 50, 50, 50 the next three years. That, that guy who said F those draft picks, I'm glad they won the Super Bowl because you got I I you got a long road ahead of you uh, in terms of anything serious ever happening in L.A. again. Yeah, and the the Lions own your draft pick. Well, the good part is is you don't act, you don't have a fan base to answer to, so like who cares? I guess that's kind of beneficial, but who, buddy? It's not any, an ideal situation. No, no, and any other any other city or team or franchise this is there'd be some upset people very quickly super bowl hangover you know or the super bowl that 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 wins this is the other side of it though exactly it hangs out there for a little bit and appeases a a fan base but like dog they were from a philadelphia standpoint they were people booing the next season it's not gonna happen in la but oh man it's it's not good the third, fourth, and fifth picks in the draft right now are all traded picks from teams that thought they were going all in to uh, to acquire a player who was going to push them into the playoffs or acquire find a, a young player who would push them to next the next level. The the Broncos are giving the third pick to the Seahawks, the Rams the fourth pick to the Lions, and the Saints the fifth pick to the Eagles. Is is it bad GM work? Like, is that what it is? Like, is it just is, is it just or is it? It's bad out- luck in LA. It's bad luck. The bad GM work might be in Seattle, in Denver. Pardon me. 
because you have to know who that guy is. Like the revelations of the personality quirks of Russell Wilson have been pretty astonishing. And that couldn't have been an unknown thing outside of NFL circles. I mean, I think it was already kind of a known thing for several years leading up to the eventual split from Seattle. But to the extent that we're, we've heard this year, eh, probably not. You're, you're probably, like he, he doesn't not. even give his teammates his cell phone number. He's a weird guy. Uh, it's it makes him call his manager. That the is, leader of an organization. That is an insane thing to do. That's an insane thing to do. I think somebody said that he had his own. Uh, he didn't shower with the team. He had his own private shower. In, Probably like in his own private. Like his locker room was essentially. Or his locker was essentially like an office. Like that's. I don't know, man. That's crazy to me. That's crazy, but, man. Thank you to Mark Ingram and the New Orleans Saints. Currently, the number five pick yields Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter, and that would be a okay with this guy. Ooh, buddy, I'll take that all day. It's hey, it, put him next to his college teammate. I've never been I, like I, I love you know. I mean, I watch. Let's be fair. I watch every NFL game. I don't care Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. I don't care what the matchup is. We mm-hmm. get so few of them. Uh, on a yearly basis that I'm I'm locking in and watching every game. That's just the way it is. But mm-hmm. re- having a rooting interest last night in the uh, in the Monday night game with uh, Jesus Tampa Christ, Tampa and the Saints, uh, having that rooting interest and knowing that if Brady goes down and essentially rips the hearts out of the the Saints and their fan base for any sort of you know potential playoff appearance this year. That was that was fantastic. Shout out Tom Brady on that one. Shout out Tom Brady. With, uh, let's see, the Saints were up to a 98.7% win probability. Ah, that's, that's a shame, Chris. That's a real shame, buddy. Like, what was Mark Ingram thinking? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what a lot of guys think when uh, on the field. But that was... The whole thing was not great. If you're a Saints fan, the whole season's been not great. I, I don't, I don't really understand. Like, listen, I didn't love the Dennis Allen hire to begin with, yeah, um, because we've seen it. We've seen it in the NFL. I, I'm never a big retread guy. To be fair, I did get scared of Mike McCarthy as a, as the Cowboys coach. That that hand up, my bad. That was a bad one. Um, but like, I just don't, I don't get it when you've seen guys consistently fail. You know, why why go through this again? And I don't know that Saints McCarthy were... consistently failed. McCarthy was kind of Dennis in that. Setup, yeah, but yes, McCarthy you're... was in that. I don't want to say he's Andy Reid, but a similar situation. What do you kind mean? Of just like... was in his was with his old team forever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, that that is for sure the case. I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying he's on the same level as Andrew, but. Uh, just sort in, of just, just overstayed his welcome. That's, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, if he was in Pittsburgh, he could coach there for another eight or nine years. But with any other team, it's just too long. It's just uh, <laughs> too darn long. And yeah, just an amazing win for uh, for the Bucks last night. I, I couldn't have been happier. I couldn't have been happier about it. It was awesome. I was watching <laughs> overtime two of the Philadelphia 76ers. As that that Bucks 
Saints game wasn't particularly close until the end. And then I looked at, after I realized the Sixers were not going to win this game. And it was like, oh, Brady has the ball at the 15 with like 20 seconds left. Yeah, yeah they're going to they're gonna win this game. It is weird, Chris. Did the Sixers lose last night to the uh, Houston Rockets, an unbelievably bad team in, an, in a league where they're trying to lose? It's a regular season NBA I, game, and it was Harden's first game back after a month. Uh, it's it's going to be just, just fine. Look, the team's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Harden and Joe were both playing a little, uh, we're both playing hero ball last night. PJ Tucker is a complete nothing on offense. Uh, and what a, the, but that was a great signing. I don't understand. Like, everybody like, was so I, hyped. I like the signing. I don't like how they use him. I don't think he's a starter. Uh, I think that's that is silly. By the way, the person that nobody's talking about is Tobias Harris has become exactly the player everybody always wanted Tobias Harris to be when when they were bitching about him. He has finally gotten comfortable in that spot up three point shooter role. He's shooting forty two percent on the season on five and a half attempts. Uh, I think he had seven makes last night, coming off a second straight really really good shooting game. So it's there are there are pluses. <laughs> and there are negatives, and uh, I choose to dwell on the positives. But we have to get to this week in the National Football League, Craig, because we have this thing where the more sports we actually talk about and the less, say, 1990s movie references we make, the longer the shows have been going. Accurate. So let's get to week 14 in the National Football League. Starting with that Thursday night game that we alluded to, the Las Vegas Raiders head to L.A. to take on Baker Mayfield and those Los Angeles Rams. Bavada has the Rams plus six at home. Disrespect for Baker. Yeah, the Raiders just like don't lose all of a sudden. It's classic Raiders be absolutely horrific through the beginning of the season and then make this late charge. Uh, I guess it's more classic Derek Carr Raiders. I mean, um, they beat the Broncos, Seahawks, and Chargers. It's not like they beat three of the best teams in the NFL. Well, listen, it's games that they won, and they had big leads on much better teams that they eventually blew uh, earlier in the season. So I do think they are they are better than they have been um, as it's gone on. And, and the Rams are just – they're busted, man. It's, it's mm-hmm. over. It's, it's taking the Raiders all day in this one. The Baltimore Ravens will be without quarterback Lamar Jackson, though not for as long as they feared, head to Pittsburgh to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bavada has the Steelers minus two and a half. Steelers' favorite's a tough one. I, like, I get Lamar's out, uh, which that's such a bummer for, for a guy, for him, and I, I'm glad it wasn't as serious of an injury as initially yeah, uh, looks feared. Bad. So that that's a huge plus. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like... The Steelers shouldn't be favored. Huntley's been a fine backup in his time with the Ravens. Like not being thrown in mid-game, I think matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a game the Ravens can win outright. Oh, there's no love for the Steelers coming off their two-game winning streak. You're like the Raiders can't lose, and you're like the Steelers shouldn't be favored. I mean, the Steelers, the Steelers though, they're they're in that situation where they're they're just building a, a rookie quarterback right now. Like that, yeah. And they won three of their last four with that rookie quarterback. Hey, maybe Kenny Pickett's the truth, dude. I don't know. I think it's probably the TJ Watts back. There's some, some impact there. That probably but, helps. Yeah, who knows? The Cleveland Browns, who won last week despite doing nothing, 
offensively, head to Cincinnati to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Bavada has those Bengals minus six at home. This is the 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 Bengals are back to being the Bengals that made the Super Bowl. Um, they Burrow like that, that game against the Chiefs. The his performance. Uh, mm-hmm. T Higgins is like a, a real deal NFL receiver for like, sure. Uh, which I know he had his moments prior to this, but like this season, if it's shown you anything is, is this guy is very, very good. Oh, and on the other side is Jamar chase. Uh, so it's scary. funny. You pick, you pick the three for 35 game to announce that T Higgins has arrived. It's, it's, it's just, he had the early touchdown and that's what sticks with me. Um, I, I, but his overall season has been significantly better i believe than a majority of his seasons leading up to this and yeah 74 for uh 74 for basically 1100 yards and six last year and on pace for 85 1207 so an improvement but not like an evolutionary leap by any stretch uh sure he's good he's good he's real good (laughs) it's very good um and the browns like you said offensively were non-existent probably should have been expected um, but you play the Texans, so and that's like a minor league football team. So I don't know, I don't know what to expect here. I do expect the Bengals to get off the uh, the Browns keep beating us uh, slide. So, oh boy, big line here, and this is more of a college football line than a National Football League line. Those uh, those aforementioned Houston Texans head to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Bavada has the Cowboys minus seventeen at home. Uh, boy, oh boy, did the Cowboys absolutely, uh, what they did to Matt Ryan was like unfair. I mean, what the Colts do to Matt Ryan on a weekly basis is kind of also unfair. Asking him to play football. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just, I, I see a much similar situation to this. Another game where the Cowboys defense can literally just control the game. Um, I, I, I have zero faith in Kyle Allen or Davis Mills. It doesn't Hmm. matter. Who is is taking the snaps uh, for for Houston? Uh, I think this is uh, this is going to be a field day for uh, for the Cowboys defense, and uh, we may see even more turnovers than the Browns were able to capitalize on uh, in their matchup. So, uh, unfortunately, I think this is an easy Cowboys W. I think they cover the seventeen. Wow. Really what, was the, what, what was the number? It was like it was like nineteen to twenty-one a minute and like fifteen seconds into the fourth quarter of that that Colts uh, Cowboys game, and it ends it up ends up nineteen to fifty-four. Yeah, it was it was bad, and it's not like they were even really trying to run it up. Like that wasn't even a thing. It just so happens that every time the Colts had the ball, they just turned it over inside their own. 35 yard line with it was nuts it was absolutely nuts and an absolute pile on from the cowboys yeah it's uh not the way to win football games if you are a jeff saturday it looks like uh maybe that that first game was a little lucky for jeff saturday and the colts ah just a tiny bit the jacksonville jaguars Head to Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans. Bavada has the Titans minus three and a half. Do we know if Trevor Lawrence is healthy and playing? I sure hope so, buddy, because I need to win to make the fantasy playoffs. So I can get eliminated one week from Sunday, but uh, I'd Jags like to Jags optimistic make... Lawrence will play versus Titans. The, the part where he played the entire second half of that yeah. game, I think, is is to me a good sign. But boy, or, or was that dumb for Jacksonville? Well, it could be that too. <laughs> Not the smartest franchise, so it wouldn't shock me. 
Um, he's got his hands full. Um, I mean, but to be honest, like they're so lucky he avoided a insanely major injury on mm-hmm. that play. It was when I saw the replay, I was like, well, we'll see him in, you know, the 12, 23. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was a not good, not good sight. If you're a Jaguars fan, if there are any, um, Listening to the show, I guess I mean that more than anything. But shots fired. Be a better fan base. I don't know what I don't even want from me. All um, right, uh, you reach out to me if you're a Jaguars fan. We're gonna pick one. Greg is gonna give you a five hundred dollar gift card to the what? team store. <laughs> I don't know about all that, um, but now it's good that he avoided any serious serious injury. Uh, and the Titans. This is a perfect bounce back game from getting your clock absolutely cleaned in Philadelphia. Hand up. I was wrong. Uh, about that game. I expected a much closer game. Turns out the Titans aren't very good and don't have any receivers because uh, they traded their best one to us. So uh, I think they can get back on track, though, here, and they can win this game. The Minnesota Vikings had Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. Bavada has the Lions. Greg, what do you think this line is? I don't understand. it. The way you said it makes me think that the Lions are favored, but... I don't know how they could be. I would think it's like how would, Vikings. What would, you, what would you set this line at? I would think it'd be like Vikings minus two and a half. How about Vikings plus two and a half? Why? Can someone give me a reason why that would be the case in this situation? Like Lions I, coming off that win last week against the Jaguars. Won four of their last five. I get that. I do. They, there's a path for the Lions to make the playoffs. I mean... That'd be fun, I guess. We could we could get we could get some Dan Campbell postseason action. That I, I know Matt would be very thrilled with that as a big Dan Campbell guy. Um, I I don't I don't necessarily know if if I want to see that, but I, they do have fun games. They put up points and they allow a lot of points. That's my biggest issue here. Is is that. I don't know how they stop Kirk Cousins uh, and and that defense or and, and that offense. Like I don't. Yeah. That's that's my bigger issue with this game from a from a Lions perspective. So uh, to me, I, I I have to go. I have to go with the Vikings, especially if the Lions are a favorite. That that seems a little a little hasty. Um, for you know, would they win? Would you say? Four, three of the last four. Four of the like last five. Yeah. And came close to going to overtime with the Bills. So I guess mm-hmm. you have that to build on, but I don't know. I, I I I don't know if I'd favor them. That seems a little quick. Yeah. Feels like uh free money for that that two and a half that plus two and a half minus one ten there. Or very just honestly so. the, the Vikings money line plus one fifteen. Very, very much so, Chris. Uh, penciling that one down that one might that one might be on the card tomorrow on betters delight well and the over like the just these two teams together the over is going to hit and it's indoors it's ford field like yep perfect well it's, in, it's gonna be indoors either way so accurate that's true i forgot that they play inside minnesota but you are <laughs> correct but uh yeah 50 i mean 53 and a half is a big number but i feel confident with the over not I enough think- that i would want it officially wager on that but i do like the vikings money line i think they could hit that in the first half with these offenses and how the lack of defense that one of the teams plays on a very consistent basis Vikings. 
Yeah. The <laughs> the New York Football Jets head to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills, and Bavada has those Bills minus nine and a half. All right. So the Mike White exper- that experiment isn't over. Um, they love him. They they adore Mike White in New York. They should have been playing overtime in that game. Like, or no, I'm sorry. They should have won that game in regulation. Like, mm-hmm. they they choked that game away at the goal line against Minnesota. Here I am praising Minnesota uh, before for being, you know, um, praising Minnesota before for, you know, being able to score and, and do all that stuff. And why would they not be favored against the Lions, et cetera? Uh, they must lost to the Jets and Mike White. So, I mean, I think their defense can keep them in this game, but I also think there's a part of the Bills where they they kind of are able to they backdoor their way to where they're currently the one seed, and mm-hmm. you can beat a team with Mike White at home. And what I can only imagine, December Buffalo weather isn't going to be great. So I think the Bills can take it. It's going to be very difficult for the Jets to find a way to go back to Zach Wilson because this team seems to hate him. Oh, I don't think there's a way. I don't think they care about the a way to go like, back that way. But I mean, he's the number two pick in the draft <laughs> last year. You know, it seems like he should still have a shot. But yeah, no, the team hates him. Like the whole team was wearing Mike White t-shirts pregame last week or this past week. Like, yeah, I don't know how you ever go back to Zach Wilson if you're in New York. This football's weird. You tell Zach, buddy, you're in sweats the rest of the way. We'll see you at training camp. Maybe work on your your uh, you know te- teammate your humility. Teammate well, that yeah. I mean, the line of is it your fault or do you 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 know like the the thing when they lost and they gained like whatever it was two inches per play in the second 2. half. Two point seven seven inches per play. Yeah, like like and you go no, and it's like what? Right there, you lost everybody in the locker room, bro. Like that's right. that's it. It doesn't matter if you think it was your fault or not. A hundred percent of the time you say, yes, it's the quarterback. Yeah, it's man. Media training, buddy. Media training. Oh, what are they doing at BYU? The Kansas City Chiefs head to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos. And uh, Bavada has those Broncos plus nine at home. Uh, BYU not producing good quarterbacks since the Detmer. Jaron um, Hall, baby, gonna break that trend this year. Well, the last one, the last BYU quarterback you said was very, very good. His whole team hates him, so I don't know. Ty we'll Detmer. See. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, everyone loved Koi, though. Good neck beard. You uh, can't not love Koi. No, like I would replace you with Koi tomorrow if you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as you should. I'd <laughs> hand the. I'd, I'd mail him my laptop. Um, yeah, it's a work laptop. It's I, yeah, that'd be a real problem. <laughs> Um, the Chiefs are going to destroy the Broncos. The Broncos' offense is absolutely pitiful. Their defense is very good, but they they, they cannot score at all. I, this is a, it has to be one and done for Nathaniel Hackett because they're too financially tied to Russell Wilson for it to be one and done for him. So uh, I, I think that it's Chiefs big. Apparently, oh, that's 1996. I'm trying to find out what's going on with Coy Detmer right now because now I, I feel like I really want him to be on the show. <laughs> and it's, I feel like it's also attainable. Oh, it's definitely attainable. I, Tales from I the can't... gridiron, bro. Start it up. First guess, <sighs> Coy Detmer. Oh, let me tell Yeah. Let me tell you what. One of right at, When I started a show called Tales from the Association, which did pretty well, uh, a former colleague of mine 
may or may not have, who may or may not have, you know, copied nearly a thousand articles over the time of working with me, uh, started a very similar show with a football backer and uh, did like three episodes. People people copy me, Greg. I would say so. That's crazy. Coach Coy, Coy Detmer Jr. Yeah, I think that's a kid. No, that's a kid, yeah. But is it his kid? Probably, I would, right? I would assume so. It looks very much like him. He's a uh, offensive He's graduate assistant at Syracuse. Uh, he spent uh, a coach for two years at Texas A&M Kingsville. Okay. Uh, he played at Texas A&M Kingsville, which they, they are the Texas A&M Kingsville Havelina, which is a fire mascot. Um that's I mean, you can't can be much he get me his dad's number? I would absolutely have to imagine that that's the case. Maybe they had a falling out, and it would be uncomfortable to talk about. Hey, Coy Detmer's in the bio. Well, his name is Coy Detmer Jr., so it would be difficult for him to not be in the bio. Who is this fella? Coy Detmer Jr. officially cho- chooses to walk on at BYU. This is 2015. How many Coy Detmer Juniors are there? This is the same guy. He walked on and then after two years left and went to Texas A&M Kingsville. He's got something going on. Like, oh, that's maybe that's just a bad picture because it looks like a little cleft lip kind of thing, but I don't think it's just a bad picture. I think picture. it's a shadow. He's a sick mullet in the one picture. I'm though. seeing the, the, the Coy Detmer <laughs> Jr. picture at Texas A&M Kingsville. Yeah, that's uh, it's Gardner Minshew-esque. Oh, it, it really is. It's awesome. All right. Well, he looks very confused in the picture that I'm seeing about him going to BYU. Uh, now he's in NFL, and now he's a coach in the college level. Offensive grad assistant, baby. Some somebody just. I assume Coy Detmer's listening to this. Coy, reach out, DM me, um, send me mail if that's how you want to do it. Uh, you can email me at chris at macronpicks.com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just reach out, man. I'm not trying to give my real email address out on the air, but I can set that one up so it can work. Uh, I, w- I was going to, um, when you guys were talking about that on Better Delight that day, when I set up that URL, my plan was I was going to send Matt an email. That's how we, I was going to announce that I had set up MattCronePicks.com <laughs> while you guys were on the air. He was going to get it. <laughs> Going to get a pick from like webmaster at mattcronepicks.com. Oh, that, that's that. hilarious. But uh, it didn't all come together, unfortunately. But yes, I'll set up Chris at mattcronepicks.com. Feel free to reach out to me, Koi or Koi Jr. If uh, the quest for Koi is what. Uh, oh, now, now I'm definitely in. Quest for Koi. It's got a good name. We're in. Yeah, uh, it's Koi and uh, the, the dude who played Adam Banks in The Mighty Ducks. Those are the two people I'm trying to get on the show. I feel like those are both wildly attainable. I've reached out to him on Twitter and didn't hear back. Some people don't manage their Twitter as much as others. I know. Every once in a while, I get an email. I, I get a DM from somebody uh, who I, I sent a message to like four years ago to come on Tales from the Association. And they're like, Chris, I'd love to do the show. I don't really check my Twitter. Thanks, Walt Williams. Yes. You would have been an awesome guest. You're the, the wizard. It's been defunct. I don't know, man. Enough people so, reach out. We'll do another season. Yeah. So, all right. and, and maybe Coyle, come on. Who knows? Anyway, the Philadelphia Eagles head to New York to take on the New York football Giants, and Bavada has the Giants plus seven at home. 
I mean, it's the Eagles, bro. The Daniel Jones, the Giants, they tied with the Commanders. Like, the Eagles are just so much better. They just are. I know it's a division game, but I have a feeling that this is a uh, this is a dominant dub for. Uh, There's gonna be a trap game in here somewhere. I'm sure I'm there scared. is. We already I'm played scared. it. And we lost oh. it. So I don't know. I, you could argue we played it and we won a couple of them too, though. Very true. Very true. The Carolina Panthers head to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Just like everybody thought, Sam Darnold versus Geno Smith. The battle and, of former Jets QBs. Oh, good times, man. Well, first round, former Jets first round. Was Geno a first round pick? I think it was a high two. Anyway, Seahawks <laughs> minus three and a half at Bavada. I mean, no more Baker Mayfield. This is where the Panthers win, right? That's how this you goes. Got, you ain't got Baker Mayfield to kick around anymore. Exactly. No, I think the Seahawks actually uh, they they pulled off a very big win uh, this past weekend, uh, holding all, or coming back against that Rams team. Um, I, I like the Seahawks at home here the, against the Panthers. Gino, by the way, was a high second round pick. He was the 39th pick in the 2013 draft. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to San Francisco to take only San Francisco 49ers. Bavada has the 49ers minus three and a half. And this is a team that got very good news. Uh, not a Liz Frank injury for Jimmy Garoppolo. May not be out for the season and may be uh, able to come back for a potential playoff run. I, I saw that. I saw that he might not require surgery, which is it will not require surgery. For Jimmy's sake, I think I think maybe maybe shut it down, buddy. I don't know, man. Like he wants to be the quarterback of this team. There was already talk that the 49ers and Garoppolo were open to him extending his contract, which can only mean that he would be the starter. Like I can't imagine he's coming back as a backup. I think I think he views this as his team and he sees coming back. And leading them, like, how do you move away from him if he leads this team into the postseason, like deep into the postseason? Done it once, do it again. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, they, it's I feel true. Like they made a mistake once. Uh, yeah, and and they're, I think they're willing to make that mistake again. Garoppolo is so crazy underrated. I know he doesn't put up like 500 yards passing a game, but he's the ultimate game manager. He's so good. He wins you football games. I hate that we. I hate that that's the term that's used for a guy like him because he's a little bit more than that. But that's just fair. yeah, like it's. But there's a lot of guys that we put in that cat that game manager category where that's kind of the case. And well, he, he's he, not a gunslinger. Yes, perfect. Not a gun. He, he falls under not a gunslinger, uh, but wins games category. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see Brock Purdy in a full setup here. Like from you're going to actually start the game. You have the full first week with the with the the first team, etc. Greg, I don't predict that's going to go well. Well, the Bucks stink. Like I know we talked about it earlier, yeah. and they won and all that. But the Bucks are not a good football team. Their offense is miserable. Their games, their games are almost like I think every one of their wins has been like a last second comeback that they've actually won. And in the other six games, they didn't come through on that final drive. It feels like like so. I, I don't really know. And you can mask Brock Purdy a little bit with all the different weapons that you have there, don't put too much on his plate. There's a chance that the 49ers walk away, or they have such a good defense against such a bad offense here that the mm -hmm. 49ers may just dominate that way. I really wanted Baker to end up in San Francisco just because, and I've not looked into this, but I can't imagine it's not true that it would be the first time in NFL history where a number one overall pick was sitting behind a Mr. Irrelevant. 
at the that would be position. hilarious. That would have been so funny. I don't know for a fact that that's true, but I can't imagine that it's not. No, I, I, I position wise, I just don't know where it would have fallen. Right. I mean, like maybe like back in the early days of the NFL or something weird like that, but. Uh, yeah, but it's injury. Ba- like, there's just so much that goes into that. Mm. That's that's that would that would have been sick. I, I would have. I you know, Baker's got Van Jefferson to throw to, buddy. He's good. He's yes, he's got Van Jefferson to throw. And Skoranek. Yeah, we're uh, the Rams are back, dude. They might make the playoffs now. I don't know if the Lions' pick is in better or worse shape with Mayfield there, or how terrifying it is. For the Ram, uh, the Rams, where they're like, yeah, Baker might play. He's been on the roster for like 48 hours now. How many times can you watch Bryce Perkins and John Wolford, though? Right? Hey, Bryce Perkins is the future of the USFL. The Miami Dolphins head to LA, take on the Los Angeles Chargers, Sunday night football. Bavada has the Chargers at plus three at home. And they should be plus a lot more. I'm so over the Chargers and believing that they have anything to offer in terms of the NFL and actually making <laughs> the playoffs and doing anything. Uh-huh. Um, they don't have a fan base that isn't in San Diego. Like, it's annoying that they're the L.A. Chargers. I dislike them greatly. Um, and the Dolphins, I think they bounce back from a, a tough game against a really good defense to play a team with a not-so-good defense. Uh, Waddle, obviously being hurt, doesn't help, but... Uh, yeah. I think the Dolphins would be perfectly fine here. I wonder what this package is. It's coming from Groveport, Ohio. Um, I agree with you. By the way, great clip with uh, McDaniel taking responsibility, to say the least, for uh, some play calling, saying very audibly on television, that was my fucking fault. Good for him. Very, very likable human being, that Mike McDaniel. Um and a very, very good offense in Miami. But yeah. Yeah, Chargers are weird. It's funny. It's funny how Herbert is mirroring Phillip Rivers so uh, so closely in San Diego with just being a super talented guy who is just getting beat up every single week. And like just everyone around him gets hurt. It's it's yep. crazy. It's crazy. Final game of the week, Monday Night Football. The New England Patriots head to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals, and Bavada has the Cardinals plus one and a half points at home. It's an easy one. Cardinals don't win at home. They're like they're like two and seventy five in the last three se- or like six seasons at home. It makes zero sense. The, the whole team's in disarray. I can't imagine what the Hard Knocks in season looks like. Um, I tried to watch it. Not good. Yeah, like just be be gone, Cardinals. Fire Kingsbury. Move on. Figure something else out. Uh, I think this is the Patriots. I know the Patriots didn't look great on Thursday night against the Bills, but yeah, uh, I think that Mac Jones has gotten a little bit. He, it feels like he's more back to previous Mac Jones, like last season Mac Jones, where he was actually making plays and stuff. The last two games, the Thanksgiving loss, and then last week, uh, I think he they they've looked a, he's looked a lot better. Um, in terms of that. So I'm going Patriots here. How about his former teammate, Pat Pete coming out hard against Kyler? Yeah, it's not great. You can't have people saying that. And like, I understand why Kyler would take offense to it and be like, why don't you just yeah, tell me this sure. in person? Like, that's a weird thing to just do on your podcast. 
Um, I get For those it. Who don't know Pat uh, Patrick Peterson basically said Kyler doesn't care about anyone but Kyler. Yeah, like I get that. I get that a hundred percent, and I get that from Kyler. Yeah, for sure. I, you know what? I'm going to try something. Mike doesn't care about anybody but himself on Better's Delight. So that's that's how that goes. Let's see if we can get some buzz, right? That's what Pat Peterson was doing. He was getting buzzed that way. Smart. Smart. I'm going to get buzzed. I'm going to get buzzed by trashing Mike. I get it. Finally, somebody's taking Mike down a peg. <laughs> exactly. He's uh, had it too good for too long. But yeah, I think here at the 80 minute mark, this is going to be a very similar. The media is going to pick it up very similarly to what Pat Pete said about Kyler. 100%. Here at 80 minute mark of, and the final minute mark of the, this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Uh, I've been Chris Hordell. He's been Greg Crone. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here next time.